Welcome to our look at Romans chapter 15 in Daily Drive Time Devotions. I am Pastor Tom Holliday, and we are looking at verses 1 to 7 of Romans 15 today. As we begin this look at this chapter of Romans, I'd like to remind you of the overall outline of the book of Romans once again that we've been walking through together many, many times. We've talked together about these five separate truths that impact our lives and change our history that are found in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1 to 320 talks about understanding the truth about sin. When I understand that truth, what it really is, and how God has really changed it, that impacts my life and changes my history and changes history. The second major truth is understanding the truth about salvation in chapter 3, verse 21 through 521. The main third truth is the truth about sanctification or Christian growth in Romans 6 to 8. Romans 9 to 11 talks about the truth of God's sovereignty, understanding that truth. And now we're in the section, Romans chapter 12, 1, to the end of the book of Romans, Romans 16, of understanding the truth about service. And as we have talked these last few weeks, we've talked about understanding our differences and the fact that if I'm going to serve with other people, I have to understand that I'm different from other people. And how do I accept those differences? As we jump into Romans chapter 15 and then next week, Romans chapter 16, we are getting in to the most ignored section of the book of Romans. We're going to learn some amazing truths in this section that is not often looked at. We're going to look at some insight into our relationships with others that you don't see anywhere else in the Bible. Some importance of God's Word that is very clearly laid out for us. We're going to see in these verses the heart and the organization of Paul's ministry and the unique ways that God has of using each of us in serving others. As we start our look at Romans 15, looking at verses 1 to 3, We're closing our look at what we saw in Romans chapter 14 last week, this idea of how we serve one another. And Romans 15, 1 to 3, talks about living a life to build others up. 15, 1 and 2 says this, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. These verses are a reminder there are a couple of choices I have to make every day. There are a couple of choices you have to make today. I can choose between doing just what I want or building other people up. Even if what I want is okay, is the right thing to do. As we looked at last week, there are some right things to do that can hurt other people's faith. I could do those things, but I'm making a choice. I can choose to do just what I want or I can choose to build others up. Or the second choice that this verse reminds us of is I can choose to please my neighbor or I can choose to please myself. He's not talking about sinfully pleasing yourself here. He's talking about living a life where you're just living for your freedoms, enjoying life, but you're not making a difference in anybody else's life. If you live just to please yourself, just to enjoy life, even your life in God, just for yourself, you will not build others up. Because in order to build others up, there are some sacrifices that have to be made. There are some limits that you have to put on yourself. And there's a decision that has to be made, the decision to please your neighbor. And if you make that choice, when I make that choice, if you build up others, you'll have much more joy in the end than in living to please yourself. These verses are all about what you should do if you are strong. Remember last week we talked about being strong in faith or weak in faith. These are about what to do if you're strong in faith. You should bear with the failings of the weak if you're strong in faith. You should not live to please yourself. You should seek to please your neighbor for his good to build him up. Now, what should you do if you're weak in faith? Well, that's pretty obvious. Get strong. Start growing in faith so you can help other people in faith. You don't stay weak in faith. You don't stay a baby. You grow in faith. So the Bible says you please others. You please your neighbor. Now, it's interesting 
The Bible tells us to please our neighbor, but it tells us not to live to please men. Two different uses there. One, when I'm living to please others, that's the whole goal of my life, that is meeting my need for acceptance. But these verses, when it talks about pleasing our neighbor, that is meeting their needs. There is a big difference between needing to please others and deciding to please others. And this is about deciding to please others so that they can grow in Christ. Now, the question I have is how? How do you live to build others? It's one thing to say these are two choices we have to make every day. It's quite another thing to have the strength to make unselfish choices day after day after day. How do you do that? Well, verses 3 to 7 talk about the how. Let me read those verses. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Unselfishness. I need the power to be unselfish. So where do I find that power? What these verses talk about is good for me as a parent, it's good for me as a co-worker, it's good for me as a friend, it's good for me as a servant of Jesus Christ. There are four things in these verses that give the power to be unselfish. First, you follow the example of Christ. Even Christ, verse 3 says, did not live to please himself. Anytime you think you're making a big sacrifice by giving up something because you love someone, remember Jesus. Think, just think of the rights that Jesus chose to give up when he came to this earth. God, spanning all of the heavens, and he chose to limit himself for a time to one body in one place to serve us. And the Bible says the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Now, Obviously, we see that in the cross as Jesus was being insulted. I was thinking he had to face this all his life, and he had to choose to give up his rights all of his life, even when he was a child, and another child insulted him while he was playing. He's God. He could have caused the ground to open up and swallow that child and close up again. He would have never been bothered by another child again, and yet he chose to take the insults. He gave up his rights. Jesus was hungry while he was in ministry. You remember the story one time of he and his disciples walking through a field, and they, they had to get grain off of the, uh, out of the field that day and eat it raw in order to satisfy their hunger. Now, Jesus made everything. He's the creator. And he could have instantly called up a wonderful banquet, but he gave up that right. Follow the example of Christ whenever you're struggling with being selfish and unselfish. Look to him. A second thing to do is to rely on the encouragement of the Bible. Now, it's interesting that right in the middle of all this talk about serving others, all of a sudden, Paul in verse 4 starts talking about the Bible and the hope that it brings. Why does he do that? Why is there a note about the Bible and the hope that it brings right in the midst of this passage on unselfishness? Because of what the Bible brings into our lives. Verse 4, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Hope. The more hope you have, the less selfishly you live. People who are not encouraged, people who don't have much hope, they aren't very good at building others up. They have to hold on to everything themselves. They're afraid. But with encouragement and with hope, you can stay unselfish because you're holding on to something else outside of yourself. With hope, 
with hope, Jesus was able to lay down even his very life. And others have been able to lay down their life. Hebrews 6.19 reminds us that hope is an anchor for the soul. If you're going to serve other people unselfishly, you've got to have an anchor for your soul. And it has to not be in yourself. It has to be outside of yourself. Now, notice here it says that our endurance plus the Bible's encouragement equals hope. I want to talk a little bit about that more tomorrow. But before that, a third truth that helps us to be unselfish. Recognize that the goal of our unity together is worship. I love these verses that talk about with one heart and one mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the goal of it. One of the reasons I love those verses is they're the verses that Shondell and I had read as we were walking out of the church after our wedding day. And so they're very, um, they're very personal verses to me. But as I think about these verses, they're not just obviously for a couple. They're for the whole church. It starts in each relationship, but these are verses for the entire church. And these verses remind us that the ultimate purpose of unity is not for ourselves. It is so that we can worship and glorify God. If you think that life is all about you and making your life work better, of course you can't be unselfish. But once you realize that life is all about glorifying God, it's much easier to make the unselfish choice. Well, the first thing was follow the example of Christ. The second, rely on the encouragement of the Bible in order to be unselfish. The third truth is recognize that the goal of unity is worship. The fourth truth is the same as the first truth, follow the example of Christ. He goes back to that in verse 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. The close of this passage about the weak and strong, he says, accept one another. Now, it's interesting. When Paul began talking about this way back in chapter 14, verse 2, he began by saying, accept one another. And here in 15.7, again, he says, accept one another. That's one of the keys. As Christians... There are some things that we must agree on, or we're not Christians. If we don't agree on the fact that Jesus is the way to salvation, if we don't agree on the fact that we have a problem with sin and we need his forgiveness, then we're not even Christians. So there's no agreement there. There are some things that we must agree on. But with everything else, all those but those things that we must agree on, we will inevitably disagree. And so we must accept one another. The goal of Christian unity is not to get everybody to agree with me. The first goal is to accept one another because Jesus accepted me. Jesus accepted you. That's where you start. I've talked to a lot of people about the issue of selfishness and unselfishness, and I've never met anyone who doesn't say, yeah, I struggle with being selfish every day of my life. So where do we find the strength to endure? How can we be different? Through the truth that God gives us. And we can only do it one day at a time. So let's pray right now that God will give us the strength today to build others up rather than just living for ourselves. Our Father, we focus on your truth, and we do want to follow the example of Christ. We remember right now in our hearts how unselfishly he gave himself for us. And we are grateful. And we pray that in his example and in our relationship with him, he would give us the strength to be unselfish in our relationships today. Lord, help the hope that you give through your word and through our endurance to impact our hearts in such a way that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hang on to life so tightly. But instead, we can loosen our grip on this life and tighten our grip on your hope. And because of that, have more confidence, more security in our ability to serve others. God, help us to remember and realize that the goal of it all is worship towards you. It's not about us anyway. 
If it was, then it would be appropriate to be selfish, but it's not. It's about you. And so as we remember that, help the selfishness scale to go down in our lives and the worship scale to go up. And Lord, once again, we say, help us to follow Jesus. He accepts us. He accepts me. And I am grateful for that. And I pray that in his forgiveness and acceptance of me, you would give me the strength to forgive and to accept someone maybe that I've been having a hard time forgiving, hard time accepting lately. Jesus, help me to follow you. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, tomorrow we're going to focus on what verses 4 and 5 have to say about the Bible and our hope.